Hey there. Welcome to another episode of the Super Review Show's Mixed Bag coming to you live once again from many caves as always. I'm, I'm joined by my incredible co-host, Justin. What's going on, Justin? What's going on? So glad to have you back here once again. As always. And just to remind everyone that we the best podcast. We the we best, best podcast. Absolutely. Um, as some of you already can tell, Bill is not here tonight. He has some personal matters to attend to. So Justin and I are filling in for the evening. And, uh, and we are taking full advantage. We're taking full advantage of them, of them but not being here. So we have our own show tonight. <laughs> no, uh, in reality, Bill is actually has a serious matter to attend to, and he could not be here tonight. Just like when I'm not here, Justin and Bill and Allie take over. So they, I pre- we're all we all cover each other's bases basically. Um, but no, Absolutely. as the title of this, as this podcast suggests, we're talking about comic book story arcs that deserve to be ad- adapted into live action film. Now, most of you are already pranking, well, you know, we've seen this storyline with Marvel, we've seen this storyline with DC. We're talking about the ones that we would like to see that we have not seen yet on screen. It's going to be a big, Justin has a bunch, I have a bunch as well. I mean, and there's, there's would, you, would you say there's more from Marvel than just DC or no? Well, my issue is a lot of the stuff on the DC side has sort of been adapted into animated format. But since we are talking live action, I'm deciding what the hell I'm going to include them. Go for it. I mean, why not? You know, I mean, because I mean, there's some that are, that are in animation that we were, we were going to discuss animation. But then again, we'd rather see live action films of these story arcs than just animation. That's just the way we look at it. But yeah, let's get right into it, shall we? Uh, which one do you want to start with first? Do you want to start with Marvel or DC first? Um. <laughs> Let's go with the one that's having the fresh start um this year, and that's DC. Okay. Um, let's let's go look. with a good old fashioned Superman story. Um, and that story would be what's so funny about truth, justice, and the American way. Oh, okay. I, I I do know what this is, but I'm gonna let you go for it. Go for it. What do you got? So this comic was technically adapted into um the animated movie Superman versus the Elite. Um I think you there's you can still do more with it. Um, now this is one of the was one of the last films that the late great Dwayne McDuffie worked on um, before his passing that in All Star Superman, um, but this one it really is a deconstruction and a reconstruction of Superman's morals, his no kill policy, his never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. Mm. Um, and what I mean by that is he's introduced to this new force who takes superheroics a lot more pragmatically. They're a lot more prone to kill their villains than they are to um, 
have them arrested and really challenges Superman's morals, especially when um, this group of uh, vigilante anti-heroes um, they win the public um, they win the public over. Mm. And let me tell you, super in the climax of this uh, comic, Superman goes nuts. Like, you never seen Superman at full power because Superman never wanted you to see him at full power because at full power he's not a man he's a force of God I mean, he is a god, technically speaking, so. Wow. And he's got to keep he, all that in check, too, so. But he now this keeps is all that in check, but. Yeah. Remember but like, that. Uh, yeah. Okay, remember that Justice League Unlimited episode where it's Superman versus Darkseid, and he has that um, world made of cardboard speech. And he just says, what we have here is an opportunity for me to see just how strong I really am. And mm-hmm. just gives Darkseid an atmosphere rippling punch. You know, you know that kind of punch I'm talking about, right? Like, just that insane amount of force um go ahead and go to got? that go ahead and go to that panel where uh Superman looks all crazed this one sorry for, for those of you listening to listening to you won't be able to see this but oh that's right here um, that one yeah that is frightening yeah that's what Superman can become like if he's just left unchecked yeah and this is a man who just will always fight for true justice in the American way and thank effing God right yeah yeah, absolutely. For those of you who are listening, you won't be able to see this, but if you just Google Superman, what's so funny, and pictures will come up of what this is. And it's crazy. Now, yeah. the, the question is, would this work, though, as a movie? With I mean, well, Henry, Cavill's, Henry Cavill's no longer there, so what do you got? Well, here's the thing. James Gunn's already trying to introduce the authority into um, the DCU. Oh, okay. Um, the elite was basically uh, an authority proxy mm-hmm. because 
the authority was technically Vertigo and DC didn't acquire Vertigo yet and yada yada yada. Yeah. Or they were trying to keep it separate. I can't remember which. But they but now you have that synergy. Oof. Hmm. So now you could just replace the elite with the authority, and there you go. Right. Makes sense. Feel bad wow. for whoever has to play Manchester Black, though. <laughs> exactly. Um, is that all you got for truth, justice, and the American way? Uh, yep. I'm gonna follow you up on something that's something a film adaptation. I would love to. I don't know how they would do it. It would be a really expensive film to make, but making this movie. Uh, my friend uh, just messaged me because he he sometimes tunes into us, and he said, "You gotta talk about Kingdom Come." Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, that's a big one. He he just messaged me about that, and he's like, "Hey, you know, don't forget to bring that up." Um, can huh. you elaborate more of this? What more than what I can? Because I I only know so much about it. I mean, it's an Elseworld story, right? Yeah, where antiheroes. The new generation of heroes turned out to be more like anti-heroes. And the big one... Um, Jesus, what was his name? He was just featured in Superman, Batman, World's Finest. Um, yeah. Give me one sec. My my friend is mentioning it to us. Magog, Magog. Okay. okay. My um, friend who mentioned to me is a big um is a huge fan of Alan Moore as well. So. Well. <laughs> Those would be interesting too. I just don't know if um, Alan Moore has done some interesting um one shots that. I don't know would exactly translate that well into like a continuity if that makes sense like they're very standalone-ish gotcha I mean, I mean could this be hypothetically speaking could this be like an Elseworlds kind of film too this is this is definitely an Elseworlds kind of film because this is a very dystopian look at superheroes because what happens is starts off very much like Injustice Mm-hmm. Um, Joker kills Lois Lane, I think. That's always fun. <laughs> and and Superman goes off the wire. At the Joker's trial, I think Magog kills the Joker, and it causes Superman to lose his faith in humanity and retires retires his humanity and just goes into solitude in his Fortress of Solitude. He even retires his human name of Clark Kent. Like, um, oh, wow. Superheroes are divided. Um, so it's very Injustice-like. Yeah, and the evil Superman in this one is Shazam. 
Yeah, it doesn't just occur, we're getting really nerdy here. P- 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 get ready to push back your glasses, everyone. But um, doesn't Shazam is is he is he able to, like to be a threat? To, not a threat necessarily, but he's like he's close to beating Superman in this. Well, here's the thing: Superman's vulnerable to magic. Oh right, yeah. And Shazam's powers are, or for our older viewers, Captain Marvel. Yep. Um, his powers are completely magic based. So yes, he could overpower Superman if he really wanted to. Hmm. Um. Problem is, um, this Shazam is so mind controlled by, uh. The big bads in this universe, which of course is Lex Luthor, um, of course, he's just a mindless executioner who only knows how to say Shazam by the end. And no, it doesn't change him back to Billy Batson. You want to know why? Why? Tell me why. Because Billy Batson is now the age Shazam would be. Oh, wow. Transformed into Shazam. So he's just Shazam now. Wow. That's that's actually kind of frightening if you think about it. Oh, it's the most frightening interpretation of Shazam I've ever heard of. For sure. Yeah, that's... Hmm... I mean that's, but realistically, would Kingdom would a Kingdom Come movie ever happen though? See, that's a hard one because I think part of the appeal of Kim- Kingdom Come is Alex Ross's artwork, you know, and the costume design for that would be incredible. Oh my god, it would be, but it features very broken versions of the characters we know. And it introduces a lot of new characters that we don't. Hmm. Um, it could be a lot. It almost sounds like a two-parter. You can make it a two-part movie. Maybe. Um, I mean, anything's possible. I mean, at this stage of the game, I feel like this is this is a movie that would happen like ten years later from from at least from now, like twenty twenty four. Maybe like 2034, this might happen if they were to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, this is the kind of stuff that if I was Marvel, I would be doing, you know, like stuff that Elseworld stories, not just what episodes of what if, but like yeah. actual stories that feels fleshed out. Like there are people right now that are clamoring for a 1602 series hmm. because um, it was so popular for what if season two. They could. I mean, anything is possible at this point. I mean, we're so far into like the superhero like genre in general. Like, we can just go on forever, truthfully, at this point. Yeah. So uh, th- that was my, my, my quick pick was Kingdom Come because I'm just not – I mean, I, I know about it. I'm not like the biggest – I mean, I – he sent me one more as well because he's watching us live too. 
But um, unless you want to touch on it too. Uh, it was Alan Moore's Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Do you know that one at all? I do. I've read it. It's <laughs> it's interesting. This we'll was meant to be the last Silver Age Superman story. It was written by Alan Moore. Yeah. It features the death of most of Superman's um, friends. And it's... It's nuts. It Mm. features Brainiac taking over Lex Luthor who asks um, I think Lana Lang to snap his neck to kill him so they can stop Brainiac and then it's revealed that Mr. Mixie Pitlick was behind it the whole time because he decided that he's going to spend the next 2,000 years being evil where he has only spent the last 2,000 years being mischievous. Hmm. I have not read this so I cannot comment on it. It is a bonkers story. And it ends with Superman killing Mr. Mixie Pitlick by aiming uh, the uh, Phantom Zone projector at him Mm -hmm. while while Mr. Mitzius Pitlick was saying his name backwards to escape, which just killed him. And Superman revealed that he did that with the intent to kill. And he was like, Superman should never kill. So he went into a room with gold kryptonite to permanently remove his powers, and then walked out into the Arctic to commit suicide. It's dark. But then... Yeah. But then it's teased at the end that Superman didn't die, and then... and that he ended up marrying Lois. Realistically, would this ever happen as a movie? Or could it happen in general? No. Gotcha. I mean, you are the film expert here, and I I have to ask you that question. So, if there was any Alan Moore storyline I could see in live action, it would probably be for the man who had everything. Okay. Um, I think that was a Superman annual. Oh, okay. And it was even adapted into an episode of Justice League Unlimited. Um. It's the episode with Mongol and the Black Mercy attached to uh, Superman's chest that makes him see his greatest, deepest, darkest desire. Okay. And in his case was Krypton never blowing up and him growing up on Krypton and having a family on Krypton. Hmm. That 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 that, that just sounds very interesting to me right there. And that's just me. It, it, it's just Superman in this Lotus Eater trap. You know, that's a little uh, Odyssey reference for all of you uh, classics fans out there. Mm, there you go. Um, And 
it's up to Batman, Wonder Woman, and Robin to essentially rescue Superman from the Mongol. Um, and this wow. is all happening on Superman's birthday. Oh, Jesus. Of course, of all days. Yeah. And I think Jason Todd was Robin then. Oh, he was? Really? Yeah. Hmm. Like, it was the first time Wonder Woman met Jason Todd in in canon. Wow. That tells you something right there, too. So. Yeah, my, my friend wanted to mention it because I, I sent him the link for the show. He's like, oh, you got to mention these two. You got to mention these two. I said, I definitely, I will. So. Um, and of course he did Killing Joke. Um, Alan, where did Killing You want to talk about that really quick? Or, well, would that work as a movie, though? I. It would require a lot of padding, and the end man movie tried doing that, and it failed really badly. I mean, I mean, my God. Why, Bruce Tim? Why do you have such a. Hard on for Batman and Batgirl getting it on. Ugh. Why? That's rough. Please That's rough. don't have that in um, Batman Cape Crusader. Please. This is in the eighties too, right? This is the um, the Killing Joke was the eighties, right? Eighty-seven, eighty-eight. Yeah, that sounds about right. And it's a dark story. Oh my god, it's dark. Oh my god, it's so dark. It's like it's frighteningly dark. You want you, you think of like the I mean the what's the closest we've had to this on screen in general? Probably the Heath Ledger Joker. I mean, or do we want to say like that? The, that did the origin justice. It would probably be. Um, it would probably be Batman eighty nine, but. Okay. This is it's just, just so people can compare it to something. But like the darkness of it is comparable to Joker. 2019 Joker. Jesus, that's I look that that's a movie I I started watching and I actually felt uncomfortable like within 20 minutes I just couldn't watch it. Yeah. I I understand that sentiment, but I mean my it's... grandfather saw it, but <laughs> But when you power through that movie, like it, it's powerful. Okay, I'll have to watch it at some point soon, in fall. Because I, I like forgive me, everyone. I only saw like the maybe with friends, <laughs> maybe with friends, maybe with the hey date night. You guys, what do you want to watch? Joker. What? Sure, why not? No. <laughs> that was terrible. Uh, there, if you do that, there will not be a second date. <laughs> Just saying that up front. It, it was nice knowing you. <laughs> Robert De Niro got shot. <laughs> Whatever. No, exactly. Besides the point, though. I mean, but that—that's that, the the closest we've seen to the Killing Joke is a, a mesh of Batman '89 and um, Joker 2019, 2019, right? Yeah, that I would say so. Okay, good to know. I I appreciate that. I was I just as someone who hasn't seen Joker, though, I can't comment for that aspect of it, but I do know what you're. I know what you're talking about, though. So, um, sticking with Batman and DC in general, you know what I would love to see on screen? I I, I don't know. With, with the announcement of the new DC movies, like starting off with Superman Legacy mm-hmm. next next year, I believe, right? Um, yeah. Is 
<laughs> excuse me, I'm a little sick still. I was going to say is they announced Robin's going to be in the in the new universe. Yes, and it's going to be Damian Wayne. That's so shocking to me. So, for those of you who don't know, I'm a big, big fan of Batman and Robin. Not the movie, but the two characters themselves. That's a terrible com- comparison right there. Uh, but my favorite story, Lark, uh, my favorite Robin is actually Tim Drake. Because let's face it, Dick Grayson grew up to being, became Nightwing. Jason Todd got killed. And Tim Drake became Nightwing. Oh, Tim Drake became uh, Robin. Sorry. I, my Tim Drake's Robin was always appealing to me the most. But... I don't. Maybe uh, did they ever do an did, did they ever do an animated movie for Death in the Family? They did an animated movie for Death of Death in the Family. Yes. Yeah, that's um, what I mean. Yeah. So they did Under the Red Hood. That okay. adapted it briefly in the beginning. Yeah. Um. Then they did a choose-your-own-adventure-style version in, like, 2019. Okay. Um, yeah, because this is, like, I, I've always been fascinated by this specific story in 88 when Robin basically gets beat and killed to death by the Joker. Now, did but you we- hear about the, um, that they released the, uh, version of it where he lived um written by the same guy i did not hear uh, that no i think it's happening this month i think oh this month oh wow so so it's like this month of 2024 wow okay yeah wow it's batman death in a family robin lives i think it's called okay but yeah this is like you know, I mean, Justin's gonna go off on his tangent more than I can about this, but like, <laughs> basically, hey, he he will. It's basically where Robin, um, you're gonna have to fill in the blanks here, where Robin gets kidnapped by the Joker, and Joker basically, yep. like, basically, beats him to death and blows him up. Yeah, um, that's the very, very, very Cliff Notes version of it. Essentially, what happened was Jason thought that he found his mother still alive in another country. So he goes and tries to rescue her against Batman's wishes. Um, He finds her only to find out that she has sold him out to the Joker. Yeah. And then beats the boy to an inch of his life plants a bomb Batman gets there, the bomb explodes and then at the end there's a phone number and that phone number asks you to dial it and dial one for Robin to die and dial two for Robin to live Dark stuff. And the difference was in the double digits. It was that close. And there are even rumors that people had like auto dialers or something going to automatically dial for Robin to die 
but what happened was they voted for him to die. Wow. Wow. And for the longest time, Jason Todd was one of those characters that was just going to stay dead. Until he became Red Hood. Until he became, until Superman punched reality and resurrected Red Hood. Exactly. And he he Red Hood. Yeah. I've just, I've been, a, I've been a fan of like this story forever. I, I feel like, I feel like it'd be a good story to do. I just, maybe like not, not immediately, but maybe they could touch on it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, kind of like the way, I mean, now it doesn't exist anymore, but Batman v Superman alluded to how like Robin was killed. Well, it's the Brave and the Bold is definitely setting out to try and build out the Batman family. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of James Gunn's stated goals. So um, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that um, Red Hood will be involved in some way, shape, or form. Um, I, I know. know there are some naysayers out there. I think it's still possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it might be a bit though. They are. Uh, James Gunn seems to be set on sticking to Grant Morrison's run on Batman. Okay, which was a lot of people's. Favorite and least favorite runs. <laughs> you can say that about a lot of runs of Batman. Yeah. Bro, I say that about Tom King's run of Batman. Crazy. That's all I have to say. Um, was there any outside of Batman and Superman, were there any was there any other DC characters that you wanted to see like how, how James Gunn could introduce into it a new a live action film? Um, Clayface. Specifically the Batman villain. Dude, Clayface. I think Clayface is such an interesting villain. He's he's actually clay, right? He's he's made of like this clay-like matter. Um, that I think he can actually control the toxicity of. And it's he could be anyone, he can take any form. Yeah, let me tell you, I read his one day bad day comic, it's scary. Hmm. Like his impulsivity to do whatever it takes to get what he wants is scary in that. I've never been a big fan of him. I mean, until like like the Batman Arkham games. Well, it was the it was Batman the Animated Series that really cemented him as a really great villain for me. Okay. Um and then James Tinian did his run on Detective Comics, then tried to have him redeemed for a bit. I thought that was actually pretty cool. Uh huh. 
But a clayface, love... but a clayface movie though. That's what a lot of people are saying online. Like, oh, do we want to see a clayface movie? I mean, you probably could do one in like a Goodfellas esque manner. Okay, how so? With like a genre, a genre change like midway through and. Into like more of a horror veer. Hmm. Like the first half is the story of a struggling actor who gets in with the mob and has to start doing some hits. And then when the boss orders a hit on him, um, they pour the the clay like substance on him. And that's when it starts turning into more like a horror movie. Uh, kind of like the blob almost, right? Sure. Or like the like the thing. Like maybe like it, it evolves and attached on to something and then it like evolves. Uh yeah. But, I mean that's the closest thing I could think to, like as far as a live action setting goes, you know. That's just me. Well, if you ever get the chance to read the One Bad Day comic for Clayface, you can see the potential. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to take a look at it and read it. Yeah. Um, um, you know... Yeah, what do you got? It'd also be kind of fun to like explore... Some of the smaller stories that take place, like sort of outside of the scope of the superheroes. Okay. Like, last year, I read a comic by Dan Slott in the DC universe called Arkham Asylum Living Hell. And it's completely in the point of view of this. Um, I think he's a banker. Okay. Or stockbroker or something along those lines who committed some huge fraud that caused one of his clients to lose a bunch of money and kill himself. And he asks for his trial to get switched over to Arkham so he can take an insanity plea. And the judge grants his plea for so the analysis can be done in Arkham. Mm, okay. Sort of a punishment in itself. And the whole story is behind, is his point of view, and he eventually descends more and more into madness, and he becomes a villain all in his own, uh, known as, I think, Great White Shark, I think his name was. Okay. And the story itself is nuts. Like, it involves, like, uh, sat satanic uh, demons. Oh, jeez. 
and Great White Shark actually strikes a deal with the demon so that when he dies, he'll be the he'll have a high place as like one of the torturers mm-hmm. so that he will gotcha so he won't have to suffer all that much um it sounds crazy and everyone in the comic like calls this guy the worst person they've ever met the Joker's called this guy the worst person he's ever met. Wow. That's saying something if you're the Joker, too. <laughs> Let me think about and it. And he actually has legit justification for it, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, yeah, I think this would be an interesting, like, miniseries. Maybe. For, like, Max or whatever? Yeah, like a Max series. That'd be cool. It'd definitely be worthwhile to watch. So, um, any other outside of Batman, Superman, any of the characters like Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Aquaman, Flash? We we, we kind of uh, saw Flashpoint with the Flash, so yeah, we saw Flashpoint with the Flash. Um, and we, if you want to go back to Green Lantern, you want to count like the the stuff on Oa or whatever, you know. I mean, and then there wasn't like canon necessarily, but still, I mean, that's. They still released a movie called Green Lantern. I mean, you could always say Crisis on Infinite Earths. But how would you you do that, though? That's what I'm wondering. That would have to be like the end game of the of the DC, the DCU, yeah. And James Gunn would have to be smart enough to say, you know what? This is our DCU. Give us a couple years and we'll try and launch another universe. I mean, they might as well start doing that now because the the DCEU has ended. So, I mean, that's basically what this is. So, right. So, I I think that's possible. Yeah. I mean, there's the cold crisis storyline, too. If those of you are not aware, it's basically like Earth's like. Realities cross paths across different Earths and DC, and then the, the Earth one or two or three up into what, like eighty six? How many Earths I are there? I remember. It's like some. I thought it was fifty two, but maybe it's eighty six. I, I I don't remember. I, I don't remember the specific number of Earths they had, but it, it did, the different worlds cross across each other across each other because it's causing a crisis on infinite Earths. I mean, it'd be a great story to tell. It'd be visually entertaining for audiences. I, I just don't know how, like, I think Warner Brothers would do it. It would have to be, like, wait and see kind of thing, though, you know? Yeah. I mean, they CW tried to do something like that, but it was, like, their version of Crisis on Infinite Earths. What, and it's CW? not the version of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Now, that said, DC Animated just released their version of Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 1. I did hear about this. And- I think a few days ago, maybe it was yesterday. I can't remember. I don't even know if it's on Max or not. I have to check, but you gotta check. But that's something I definitely want to check out too. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, live action. You could, in theory, have 
every living live action version of every DC superhero in that movie. I mean, they, they kind of do that with the Flash, though, and the and that and the third act there. Yeah, but, but that, it wasn't as well executed as we thought it was going to be. Yeah, and also the the CGI just made it feel very inauthentic. Yeah, we did. We did see Christopher Reeve Superman and Michael Keaton's Batman, so on the same screen together. Yeah, that was interesting, but. Yeah. I like the idea of it better than I liked what I saw. Okay. That's fair. I, I enjoyed it for what it was worth, though. I mean, I was very entertained by it, truthfully. Yeah, like, in the moment, I was entertained, but, like... yeah, you, you, For those who don't know, when Justin and I and Bill and I saw the movie together, we're like, Justin was freaking out next to me. He's like, oh, my God, they did this in the flash! And then, like, the, the, the Superman lives uh, brainiac somewhere in there. It was crazy. Yeah, and then I saw it again um, on TV. Yeah, and he looked very rubbery, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no, this is this is CGI Nick Cage." Oh no! And then interviews confirmed it, and then like, "Oh no!" Exactly. Oh good God, no! Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still enjoyed the movie for what it was worth, but that that was a big, that was a biggie. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, so we spent a surprising amount of time talking about DC. Yes, we did. We spent forty five minutes already. Um, do you mind if I jump over to a Marvel property? Sure. Let's talk about Marvel. Um, Fantastic Four, the Mark Wade run particularly is probably one of my favorite Marvel runs ever. I read the entire run. Okay, so do tell. Um, in that run, there's probably one of the ultimate Doctor Doom arcs called unthinkable okay where doom sacrifices his past love in order to to demons from hell in order to amplify his magic to destroy the fantastic four and he almost succeeds until he openly claims that he's going to go back on his word against the demons. And then the demons try to bring him to hell. And then Reed says, after um, Doom tortures his family to the brink of insanity... And seemingly permanently disfigures Reed's face. He decides enough is enough. The Fantastic Four is taking over Latveria to just so Doom is done 
even if he does on the off chance come back. Wow. Okay. And this turns the Fantastic Four into enemies of the world. Um, Renegades just public enemy number one. Worst publicity in Spider-Man. And Doom eventually does come back and Ben dies Ben dies in the skirmish. Really? Yes. He dies. Ben dies. Yes. And the Fantastic Four kind of breaks up for a few issues and then they find out that Ben's body's not really decaying and his soul's kind of still hanging on. So, you know what they do? What? The Fantastic Four go to heaven. And guess who God is? Do tell. Jack Kirby. That's funny. That's funny. I like that. For those who don't know, you Jack know, Kirby, Jack Kirby invented them. We've all celebrated Stan Lee in movies. How fun would it be to finally celebrate Jack? I agree. Because for those of you who don't know, Jack Stan Lee is gets a lot, a lot of the credit. You know, may he rest in peace. But Jack Kirby is the co-creator of a lot of these characters too. Yes, a lot and, of the Marvel characters, even Spider. And it's and it's important to um, note that, especially in Marvel, the artist is just as important in the writing process as the um as the writer because they're they're giving a brief um outline of what the story is supposed to be and then they draw it at that specification and then gives it back to uh, the writer and then they fill in the the dialogue bubbles that was what the Marvel method was right yeah um Would this work as a movie? I think this would be a trilogy. Honestly. Really? I would love this as a trilogy. Like as an Elseworlds thing or the MCU? Uh, they haven't introduced Doom yet. So and with everything going on with Jonathan, and they Mason. haven't introduced the Fantastic Four yet, so I really can't say. Right, and plus, aren't they cast already? But they haven't announced it. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder. They're saying that it's gonna be um, Vanessa Kirby as Sue Storm, Joseph Quinn as Johnny Storm. I think it was Pedro Pascal as um, Reed Richards. And then I can't remember whose name it was for Ben Gray. Okay. 
And it's obviously going to be different than all the Fantastic Four movies we've gotten before, which is great. <laughs> yeah. And I'm hearing something about an interesting aesthetic choice that's going to make it the most visually dazzling movie of the MCUs thus far. I'll wait and see for on that front. Yeah. My big question is, this is a side note for this whole Fantastic Four discussion. Will we see Silver Surfer and Galactus and possibly Doctor Doom? Okay. I hope. I've been done dirty. <laughs> Dozens of times on Doom. Yeah. But they're doing Secret Wars. So they better him. do Doom, and they better do him right. I agree. I agree. Do not do Doom. Do, do not do Doom dirty. There's a lot of D's right there. Times fast. That's a lot of D's right there, my friend. Right? Yeah. Do not do Doom dirty. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> exactly. Um. But yeah, so this run of Fantastic Four should is, I, I might have to check it out. I'm a big Fantastic Four fan too. I'm a big fan of the characters and whatnot. And the auxiliary characters that come with them too. So I'm a big fan of those. Yeah. Um, what what other Marvel what other Marvel storylines did you want to go to? Um because a lot a lot have been told so far, but I mean what what do you, what do you want to see on a live action film? I know how recent it is, and I know it kinda we I need time for it to cook. Yeah. In our minds and let it set. But I thought the Krakoan Age of X-Men was awesome. And I think it would be really cool to kind of have that as a setting for an X-Men film. So X-Men on Krakoa. What is that? Krak- I'm sorry, what was it? Krakoa. K-R-A-A-O-A. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, how do I spell it? Oh, this run. Oh, you're talking about this? Yes, the Jonathan Hickman, um, House of X, Powers of X, um, Dawn of X, Reign of X. You might, you might as well just bring back all the actors too at this point. Like, bring back, bring back Patrick Stewart, bring back Jonathan uh, James Marsden. Bring back, bring back Famke Jensen at this point. <laughs> like, screw it. So, the basic concept of this is the mutants have conquered death. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And how do they do this? Through this mutant chain known as the Five. These five mutants who, through their combined efforts, can essentially um, recreate life. Um, using memory backups through Cerebro and the creation of new bodies and souls. It's, wow. And they've decided to create the sovereign nation for all mutants and all mutants are given a clean slate to come to the island. And there's like, we're not holding anything in the past against you. 
follow our rules now and you're fine. Okay. Everyone comes. Xavier, Magneto, Sinister, Apocalypse, Cyclops, Wolverine. Um every mutant you can imagine pre almost. There are a couple of Shriers, but that's kind of part of the plot. Um and they formed the sovereign nation and they try to play the political game with the rest of the world and they form a lot more enemies than they get allies and it gets very anemonious really quickly. Mm. Do we bring back any actors at all for this? If they were to make a live action film of it. Here's the thing. I think something like this would need to be a completely original cast. Okay. So we're, just, we're not bringing back, we're not bringing back Patrick Stewart or we're not even bringing back um James McAvoy. Something tells me by the time Deadpool 3 happens, the Fox universe is going to be It's going to be destroyed what? through some oh. multiverse shenanigans. Oh, I'm sure. I have no doubt about that either. I mean, because I mean, the, the, maybe the world, an incursion yeah. happens. I don't yeah. know. Talk to me. Time runs out. Bro, you're blowing my mind tonight. I mean, they're doing Secret Wars, aren't they? I mean, yeah, they why are. not? I mean, if they're doing Secret Wars, then why not do this? I mean, hey. They, they, they've planted the seeds. Like, they've planted the concept of incursions. Um, we're dealing with the multiverse saga. Kang's not working out. Let's be honest. Let's just Overhaul Kang. But that's Make bad. Avengers 5, Avengers Time Runs Out. It's kind of a cheesy title, don't you think? <laughs> Just say. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> if we could have Age of Ultron, we can have Time Runs Out, I think. Okay, I'll give you that. If, if we can have Age of Ultron, we can have Time runs out. That's fair enough. All right, I'll give it. Or Avengers, Infinity. You know the the original titles for Infinity War are supposed to be Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity War, not and not Infinity War and Endgame. You know that, right? I thought it was just Infinity War Part One and Part Two. No, but, but, but before that, they were saying Infinity Gauntlet and then Infinity War. They were, that that was the original two titles, and then they made it a Part One, Part Two. Then they made it in Infinity War and Endgame. Interesting. Yeah. Right. None of it was anything like Infinity War. No, like the uh, Infinity War. It was plus, all yeah. Infinity Gauntlet. There's no there's no like Silver Surfer. There was no you know Doctor Doom. Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock, another one. Yep. So I don't know. It's just me. No, no Mephisto. No Mephisto. No, no, uh, no Mephisto. No Utu the Watcher. 
No watcher. No watcher of the universe. No, we have Thanos for sure, but yeah. Bring me Thanos. Anyways. Um, but X-Men, I would I, I would be fascinated to see something like this. Um, actually, there's another X-Men story that I would like to bring up if that's okay. Sure. Uh X-Men, it's we got Apocalypse and we got Daisy Future Past, which were Daisy Future Past blew my mind. That's still one of my favorite comic movies of all time. Um that one surprised me. Like it was incredible. Here's the thing. Yeah. The Brian Singer X-Men movies did not age well for me. <clears throat> but that one did. That one is still entertaining. Of course. Um, it, I can watch it right perfect, now. It's perfect, but it's definitely entertaining. I could re- by the way, plug for our YouTube channel. We did a movie commentary of that movie actually on our YouTube channel. Check it out. Um I might have to redo it though cuz it's been 10 years now coming May, so we'll see. Um anyways, but X-Men Onslaught, you know what I'm talking about? Oh my god. That, that that's a that's a deadly combination right there. For those you know, would, th- this is like a next level. What like, needs to happen for that would be astronomical. That that's a pretty big like death wish on uh, all things X Men right there. I think that's like a ten year down the line thing because first we need to introduce the X Men. Yes, I'm just I'm just saying that because well, for those you know, no, onslaught is a combination of the power of Magneto and Professor X in one being. Yep. That's and for those you've seen the X Men movies, you know Professor X has got telekinetic powers and Magneto can control metal. Can you imagine if one one being had both powers? Process that for a second. It's, telekinetic it's... ability and the ability to control metal. You're screwed. <laughs> You're screwed. That's a pretty frightening thing too. So, but I, I just want to mention the name. I mean, I, not many people are familiar with it, but I figured why not bring it up? Yeah, that that one's uh, an interesting case because that's from what a lot of people consider the dark age of comics. Yeah. Um, the nineties. Um. So. Yeah. Good. I think there is a right way of doing it, and I think it could be done. But we'd have to see, wait and see what they do with the characters of uh, Xavier and Magneto. Oh, for sure. We'll have to get a brand new cast, cast some unknown actors, make them rich, whatever. Do we got to do? <laughs> so, you know, uh, until they run their lives with drugs and alcohol. Exactly. Ezra Miller, anyone? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, no, but yeah, I mean, Onslaught, Onslaught would be something else. I mean, I remember when they first talked about this. I was like, "No way!" But no, they're gonna—they might do it. And that's a very frightening, frightening thing. Yeah. Um, there's one more X Men story I want to touch on really quick, if that's okay. And then we can sure. go. I, I, are you familiar with Executioner's song at all? Execution. I. Is that what the she are? Uh, I uh, one I haven't read in a long time. I have, I have all of the comic books of of the nineties run of it, yeah. But Executioner's song, it's from the nineties. There's a whole like a whole run of Marvel. They, they like the every book, every comic book that came out had like an X Men crossover. It was like in the in the X Force books and the X Factor books, X Men. 
They all yeah, crossed over. Rob Liefeld was the most popular creator at the time, along with Jim Lee. I mean, he created Deadpool. Yeah. So then there's that. But uh, Executioner's Song, I, I, have you ever heard of it at all? I've heard of it. You haven't read it, though? I mean, I if, if once they bring the X Men, there's a ton of great X Men stories that they can tell, and this is just a couple of them. So, I just wanted to bring it up for a second. That's all. So, um, what do you got next? Uh Scroll Invasion. We already saw that. No God, because that went so well. Oh yeah, totally. It was great, guys. Captain Marvel two. The Marvels. Um, Just kidding. What do you got? Hmm. What else? With Marvel, it's harder because they have done so much. They have um, done a lot. Yeah. Any like obscure like Avengers stories? It would just require them to reboot. Like if you were to do like an Iron Man or a Captain America story with Steve Rogers. Never required reboot. Um, well, Steve Rogers isn't dead though; he's just in the past. They could always bring him back. It'd be interesting to see if they could do stuff with like, like Peter David's run on Hulk, mm. like explore the different psyches. Like, what if they did some stuff with Joe Fix It? You know, yeah. Explore the other Hulks. Like, like we the, have the Savage Hulk. You have. Isn't Joe the Red Fix Hulk supposed it. to be in Thunderbolts though? Red Hulk's supposed to be in Thunderbolts, right? Supposedly, yeah. And and Sentry's supposed to be in that story too, right? Yep. And let's not forget, I hate I have to bring this up all the time. The Incredible Hulk movie with Edward Norton is MCU timeline canon. It they just switched actors, guys. It is true. That and is Mark true. Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo wants to do a Hulk movie too. He wants to do one really bad. It's just tied up in legal bureaucracy because yeah. Universal. Damn you, Universal. Damn you. <laughs> hey, they were the highest earning studio of last year. Respect them. I, yes, Master. Will do. Master. Oh, how's Master Justin? Here we go. Oh, my God. Just kidding. Uh, no, but I mean, if what, can't the right those rights can't those rights revert back at all? It is I have no idea. It is so complicated. Like it's like Universal has to like, has to like have first right refusal, and it's like I mean, I when, 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 when I when 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 we had Bill when, when Bill and I talked about this it, in sequels, excuse me, sequels that wanna we want to see. This is one of them. I was like, look, where's the Incredible Hulk 2? Where is World War Hulk? Where is... I don't know. You know, I, I think that's kind of the reason why um, they treated Planet Hulk... I mean, Thor Ragnarok as like a backdoor Planet Hulk movie. Yeah, I could see that, yeah. Um, Ang Lee's Hulk? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, Jesus Christ. Let's not go there. But have you heard... Weren't there rumors that they were doing like a World War Hulk movie? 
there was talk for a while about like Planet Hulk or World War Hulk where Hulk gets like pissed off and he becomes like King Hulk and stuff like that. I mean, that's a little much for me, but I think it's possible. Yeah. I don't know. That's just me though. I mean, anything is possible. Look, oh, you know what? I thought of something that I, I I would love to see a movie based on, and I'm not talking about the TV show by adaptation of that crap, huh? But aside from Hulk, you know, you know, what characters we were supposed to see in 2019. What? Inhumans. <laughs> Forget the TV show for a second. Forget the TV show. This is a really great set of characters, and they got so butchered in that TV series. Butchered. Butchered in that show. I feel like I got my fill of uh, the Inhumans when I saw Black Bolt in Multiverse of Madness, where he blew his brains out. Unfortunately. Spoilers. For any of you who watched Comics Explained, those. Oh, God. Here we go. I, I still would love to see an in human in humans movie. They did they they did talk about it. They were planning it out. I would love to see this as a movie. I mean for a while they were Marvel's answer to the X-Men. Well And then we got the right there. To me, that was part of the problem. Okay. To me that it was Marvel's answer to the X-Men because Marvel was forced to step away from the X-Men um, because in 2014 they weren't really making much money from the X-Men because Fox was making all the money. Right, and then Disney bought Fox. <laughs> and Disney bought Fox and it became a moot point. Exactly. I mean, they're they like, they're a really cool set of characters too. I mean, I, I would love to see like Medusa and I mean, we saw Black Bolt, but I mean, like, other, the other characters in the in the in this, I, I don't know. I just, I they're such great characters, and they just I misutilized that show so bad. I think part of the problem is Medusa's hair is very expensive to animate. What the hair? What do you mean the hair? I mean to animate Medusa's. hair hair and how it stretches and moves on its own. Yeah. Like, you know how Marvel uh, animators are feeling overworked and underappreciated right now? Imagine working on that project. Oh, God, you're right. I think that was part of the reason why they shaved her head. Yeah, probably. I just, they announced that they were going to do a movie and then they never did a movie. I'd still love to see it. That's just me, though. Yeah, I just know it by its reputation. They talked about it for a long time as well. So, I don't know. That's just me. Any others for Marvel there, buddy? Um, I think I'm good. The, the, any others that you want to see, like any other storylines or any other characters you want to see on screen at all? So I'll say this. I think it would be really, really cool if they did 
a true to the comic adaptation of the mask with Jim Carrey no I'm talking about a true to the comic adaptation oh like this yeah oh for those of you are those of you who are listening just won't be able to see this but this is just something else is this Marvel or DC uh neither this is Dark Horse Oh, Dark Horse, right, right, right. Like, I, they also did Hellboy too, if I'm not mistaken, right? I believe so. Yeah, Hellboy, Hellboy three never happened, unfortunately. Should have. So, for those of you who don't know, the mask was greatly made softer and wackier, more for a general younger audience. When they made the movie. The comic. It was dark, right? It was dark and uber violent. Hmm. Um, the idea is. The when you're wearing the mask, you operate on cartoon logic, but nobody else does. Hmm. So when the mask pulls out the Tommy guns, he's making Swiss cheese out of everybody. Very bloody Swiss cheese. Oh God. And it it you you see it. It it's 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 gruesome. It's a very gruesome comic and you could probably only get away with it in a post the boys world. <laughs> oh God. So I think it's time. Hmm. I'll give you that. And since we're on the topic of other than Marvel or DC comic book storylines, Justin, and I talked about this before we started our stream tonight and our broadcast, but I mean, let's be real. Paramount, what are you doing with your lives? With Transformers versus or Transformers G.I. Joe, they are crossing over so many times in the comic books, I lost track. And they're finally going to do it in the movies, I heard. Like When, though? Well, weren't they teasing that in Rise of the Beasts? I think so. I mean, who who, who is in it? I forgot, I forgot Rise of the Beasts. Who, who is in it? I can't remember. I actually have this graphic novel too. I have this graphic novel of Transformers versus G.I. Joe in that exact cover too. See, Rise of the Beast is one of the few Transformers movies that's actually on my list to watch. Yeah. Um, I refuse to watch any of the Michael Bay ones. Michael Boo ones. Exactly. But this one's directed by the guy who did Creed 2. Yeah. And he did a good job. I remember seeing it. I remember I liked it. I just don't remember much about it. Now that concerns me a little bit, but no. But you should be fine. Though. I think you'll like it. You know what? I'm sure it'll still be a step up from Bayformers. From Bayformers, <laughs> Trans Bayformers. But I mean, Transformers versus GI Joe was great. It's just great story arcs. There's so many crossovers in the comic books. They need to do a crossover with that. Live action. Just put the rock in it as well, and you're done. Just you're done. This is great. Oh my God. 
But let's be real. Just on a side note, who's craving a G.I. Joe movie right now? Who's craving G.I. Joe 3? Anyone? Anyone? I'll tell you how many takers out there. The last movie was 11 years ago. In 2013. They might try to do a reboot or something. I mean, they might as well just reboot that whole franchise. And just, but, but, but keep The Rock, though. Just like they kept J. Jonah Jameson, keep The Rock. <laughs> keep Roadblock. <laughs> I would love to see that too. I would love to see the return of uh, G.I. Joe and Transformers crossover live action on the screen. Forget They do it all the time in the comic books. Why don't they just do it in the live action setting? I have no idea. It's beyond me. It's beyond me. You're, you're yeah. sitting on like, literally billions of dollars are going to be made in the box office and you're going to not do it? What? Paramount, what's your logic? <laughs> Come on. Uh, there is, I, I, I don't know. Are you familiar with all with Kevin Smith's work? I am. Okay. But with, with dynamite comics. Um less so. Okay, let me explain. And they they did announce in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty there is gonna be another another live action movie of this, but it's gonna be with a different cast. It's a reboot, a remake of the Green Hornet. Uh, uh specifically, no no, it's not gonna be a comedy though, but um Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith did a run of it. Uh-huh, right? Hear me out for a sec, right? It's called Sins of the Father. This I read all of these. I read all five of these graphic novels. They are mm. so good. Interesting. Uh, Britt Reed, Reed Jr. takes over the mantle of the Green Hornet with Cato's daughter. <laughs> and they basically take over the mantle of Green Hornet and Cato because Britt Reed Sr. gets shot down. And gunned down by crime in um, Sterling City. I forget specifically what it was. Whatever's no, 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 that's that's where Arrow and Flash are. Sorry, um, whatever city they're in, they get shot down and killed. Mm-hmm. Um, Green Hornet does, and Cato is still around. He and then he trains like the younger Britt Reed to step up and like kind of the it's just the step of the mental Green Hornet. It is so good, Justin. Mm-hmm. I Kevin Smith it was a heavy influence on this. And it's so good. They they did like all whole sense of the father arc and stuff like that. I have all five graphic novels of Green Hornet. I'm a big Green Hornet fan too. Let's not forget, guys. Green Hornet has been around since the 30s. Like yes. Flash Gordon is another one too. He started out as the uh, radio serial, right? Yep. He said I actually have some of those recordings on my laptop, and I listen to them sometimes just for on a whim. It's like 30 minutes of an audio only. Radio drama of the Green Hornet from the 30s. It's crazy. I'm a big oh, fan wow. of stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and they, they, they help me fall asleep at night too. Because <laughs> they're so old. Uh, the oldest one I have is from 1935. It's from um, the Flash Gordon run. You know, they. it's not the same as uh, those radio serials, but um, on Max, what they have yeah. now are these little audio dramas for like Batman and uh, the flash. Mm, okay. Um, if you ever want to check that out, I might have, they might be up right up your alley. I'll definitely have to take a look into that. I mean, this is, this is something I've always wanted to see as well, but like the, the green horn is such a rich character. You can do so much with it. And then this, the, nothing against the, uh, let's just say Britt Reed and nothing is the Seth Rogen one. <laughs> it was it was good for what it's worth, but it wasn't like the true like aspect of like 
wasn't a true Green Hornet's telling. Like he's actually really a badass character. Yeah. Tato was played by Bruce Lee in the sixties, which is nuts. It's a really great story. If you can find these graphic novels and read these stories of Green Hornet sins of the father, I would flip out if they made a movie adaptation of this. I mean, they probably wouldn't because it's Green Hornet and Britt Reed's son and then Kato's daughter now doing it. But I mean, if you could do a Green Hornet movie right again, that'd be incredible. So yeah, it, it's a really rich, rich history that the character has dating back to the thirties. And like, there's so many, so many story arcs you could do. Like, there's like the Black Hornet at one point in this in this in this story arc. It's crazy. Hmm. Uh, and for those of you who are listening, you won't be able to see, but I have it pulled up for Justin right here. So. It was just a great, great story um, of the sins of the father. But that's, I, I would love to see that. The fact that they're going to redo a rebooted Green Hornet at some point. I, I just, I'm very excited to see what that film would be like. So, yeah. Um, have you, now just out of curiosity, have you ever read, because this is, I don't want to go too long tonight, but I will say, have you ever read the Flash Gordon graphic novels? No. Okay. All right. I, I, I just want to mention, I do recommend you, to, like, outside of Marvel and DC, guys, there's other comic book companies that have, like, a ton of other products out there for comic books that have, uh, that take place in Planet of the Apes, that take place in um, in the Green Hornet world, in the Flash Gordon world, or in the Twilight Zone world. Like, there's other stories that other writers have done in graphic novel format, and it's great. I have a ton of those graphic novels somewhere around my house. So I do recommend those personally. Those are really, really great stories. Hmm. I, I, if you, Justin, if you want to borrow some, please let me know. Nah. I, I have Twilight Zone. I have Flash Gordon. I have, um, I, was, I was just, for a while, there, I was really like 2017, 2018. I was really into this stuff. 2015, actually, too. I have a lot of them, too, still. And it's just like how. Uh, it's just great. I love these other Elseworld stories with other celebrity characters like Transformers and J.I. Joe, even Star Trek. Star Trek's got great graphic novels, man. Mm-hmm. I have like all 12 of them. <laughs> and it takes place in between the movies. Like Star Trek 2009 happens, there's four volumes. Star Trek Into Darkness happens, four or five volumes. And then Star Trek Beyond happens, and then they wrap it up. It was cool. So I don't know, that's just me. But. I, I can go on about I, I I can go on about about that stuff a lot, but that's a really great story. If you can find the Green Hornet or Flash Gordon or Elseworld graphic novel stories, you might actually find yourself very very glued to that stuff. Like I mean, they did a Planet of the Apes run in between the sets of the movies. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. That was nuts. Um, but yeah, bottom line, check out the Green Hornet, um, Kevin Smith run from uh twenty I think eight fifteen. I forget when this came out. Anyways, it was great. I do recommend if, Justin, if you do want to borrow my graphic novels, please, please let me know and I'll have to send them over to you. So, all right, cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, is that it? Is that because there's a lot of like, like I said, guys, there's a lot of other companies that have other comic books as well. Um, this is what that, we want to see on screen next. Yeah, that's all I that's all I had planned. Um, as I'm, I'm scraping the barrel here, that's why I was saying so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so we're good though. I'm good. Cool. Well, that's going to do it for us, guys. Thanks so much for watching and listening. However, you enjoyed us. I want to thank Justin for giving us our topic tonight as well because, let's face it, we needed to have a topic tonight. Bill was out. Allie's out with her. her they're both busy. And we came up with this topic. And we figured we'd deliver it to you tonight. There you go. And you know what? Two comic book lovers, 
Yes. What the hell? Why not? We shared a lot of love about what we love about these graphic novels, these stories, and what we ultimately want to see on screen at some point from one um, from one production company or another. Because the stories are so ripe to tell. It was just a matter of finding out what story is best for to tell on screen. So hopefully, studios, if you're listening to us, please send us our checks, and then we'll be on our way. That's going to do it for us. But that's going to do it for us, guys. Thanks so much for watching, listening. However you enjoy us tonight, sound off in the comment section below. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say about this. Uh, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell for notifications. And don't forget to follow us on our social media pages as well. Simply at the Super Show, Facebook, Twitter, and, well, X, whatever you want to call it. It's Twitter. And Instagram, right. simply at the Super View Show. Called, the domain name is still Twitter. All right, it's Twitter. Sorry, Elon Musk. It's still Twitter. Um, I, I'm going to call it Twitter forever. Let's put it that way. Um, but thanks so much for watching, guys. We'll see you guys next week. So stay safe, take care, and be, be awesome. awesome.